0: Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain-maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over forty they can all connect to menopause; it's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI Clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, fda approved solutions, covered by insurance.
1: You're listening to Jedi and Germs, a weekly podcast brought to you by the Torn by Sports Podcast Network and Spot- or Spreaker. Yes, not Spotify, although we are on Spotify. Spreaker. You can download us on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, Jedi and Germs. I'm Alan Zog, the Jedi. He's John English, the Germs guy. John, how are you? I'm good. Most excellent. We don't have Devin this week, so, you know, it's just you and me. And uh, we have a bunch of cool stuff to talk about. And uh, so let's, I mean, heck, we might as well just jump into it. I imagine you're going to want to hit on the the biggest news of the week, aren't
2: you? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. The NBA has officially set some dates for the comeback. Um, They're going to have eight regular season games played. Not among all the teams, but twenty-two teams. So your bottom eight teams are headed for the lottery. With those uh extra games, it's a matter of a play in for the eighth seed. Um and then the rest just for standings purposes. But it means we are gonna get a playoffs. It means the Jazz have clinched their playoff spot, and we're gonna have playoffs through August, September, October, and they've also set all these others. So we have the draft lotto is set for August 25th. The actual draft day is October 15th. And I'm excited. We we actually have something to look forward to. So starting July 31st, which happens to be my anniversary, we're going to be able to watch the NBA again. Nice. Yes, and I'm I'm excited about
1: it as well, although if we were to put a damper on Utah Jazz basketball, we we will see the season resume and playoffs without a big key part of the jazz uh the jazz push towards those playoffs we won't have bogey um as bogdanovich has gone through was it wrist surgery was it what it was what it was something like that yeah so um let me okay i'm excited about this the, the playoff format i'm excited about all of it let me and and I had a I had a friend who's in Orlando. He's he's a fellow podcaster in, in the Star Wars universe. Um, he he mentioned a comment on something I said on Facebook. He says um, he's he's really excited to watch uh, to watch the jazz in Orlando. He's a big magic fan, but he's really thrilled to see the jazz play in Orlando and uh, will be uh, eager to watch him. So I I'm excited about all of this. The bogey news is a bit frustrating. My question to you is how far can the jazz go without bogey?
2: Well, depending on matchups, uh, I st- am inclined to think they could still get past the first round, but eh, most of the teams that I'm looking at as possibilities, I'm going to find it doubtful that they can actually do it without bogey. Um, yeah, you can you can put Joe Ingles in the starting lineup, uh, but now your bench is pretty thin. Uh, I don't know who's going to step up for those minutes is Nyang going to get a lot of minutes um you know you know Clarkson's been great off the bench but it's Clarkson and Ingles have been this great combo together and you also had O'Neill who would tend to go out early so that he could get in some good minutes with the bench as well but this this kind of this puts a damper on the on the lineups and he's a big time scorer uh he's a clutch shooter and it's it's going to be difficult you know he's he's the second highest scorer on the team and now we don't have him
1: i don't remember when they said the timetable was on his return do you remember what they said it was
2: uh they said that he'd be ready for next season which will start in december okay
1: but they said that before all of this went down too so could we assume that maybe he'd be close by say October or maybe even the late end of September. So he might get back for the playoffs. Yes. No. Well, I mean that actually not the playoffs, (laughs) but that's assuming we can get that far.
2: Yeah. Like if they're in the finals, maybe, I don't know. I, I just, I gathered that, you know, they, they knew the NBA wasn't going to start until December next year. And they were looking at playoffs and all that stuff, but he just decided it's best to just take care of this now rather than put it off, get a playoff run, then have the surgery and then miss a chunk of the beginning of next season. Well, that's fair. That's fair. And I think that's
1: just going to have to be the way it, it it goes at this point in time. I suspect, in fact, maybe I'm hopeful that uh, Rudy and Donovan will, will have, will be on a, maybe a taking a step onto another level as this season resumes and the playoffs resumes. And we'll see a part of them that we haven't seen to this point. But I think status quo is what we can expect for now. I don't know that the jazz are gonna look any different. um I don't know that you know obviously they're gonna be different without bogey, but I just don't know that we're gonna see a next level play from them at this point. so jazz fans enjoy the run, enjoy the playoffs if you will and and let's let's ride it out till the season starts this next year my my question about next year's season they said they're gonna start it in December. I'm wondering how next year's gonna look. Are they gonna go December to? To Mayish like they did before, have a sixty-game season and then playoffs, or do you think they're going to extend it beyond where we're going to be seeing playoffs in July, August next year? I, that's what I'm wondering because you almost have to have an off season for players, and I suspect that the players and player association will actually say that. Look, we we are we need a big off season, so let's let's cut this, trim it as much as we can, and 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 be prepared to take some time off next year to let our bodies
2: recover. Any, what do you think? I'm inclined to think they do a shortened season next year. Uh, I don't think the NBA wants to regularly have their playoffs competing with the NFL. Um, you you want to stagger your sports, and if they're playing, you know, if if the playoffs are in August, uh, September, you know, you get up into September, well, you're in you're NFL regular season, college football is underway. Uh, baseball playoff hunt is uh, underway and there's there's a lot of different things going on and the major sports that I think that's part of why they stagger themselves the way they do and it works out for everybody and so I don't I, right. I don't see a new normal of the NBA always starting in December and having playoffs in August I think, okay. I think um, my, my guess is they go a shortened season next year and then hope everything okay. else can be 82 games from then on out that's kind of that's
1: kinda kind of how I felt on it too i I have to believe they'll do the same thing um the other thing that that you didn't mention in your notes, I wanted to ask this would have been an off season where the jazz would pursue uh signing the extension for Donovan. that hasn't been made official yet if i if I remember correctly, and do you think that gets pushed back because of all of this
2: uh yeah i didn't I didn't notice the free agent. Well, let me just look. I, I missed the free agent that date, but I'm sure it's uh let's see. Okay, there's the draft. Where is Oh free agency October eighteenth. So three days after the draft is when free agency hits. Um they can arrange contracts before then, but um that's that's when it hits. So they have they have plenty so- of time to get that done.
1: So this really complicates things, too, because you have Rudy up for Supermax next summer. So you don't sign Donovan until October. The trade deadline has to be an interesting thing next year. And no, folks, I'm not suggesting you trade Rudy. No, heavens, no, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying you have a shortened time period to, I guess, decide what you're going to do with Rudy come next summer after you've just signed Donovan. Don't you think that puts a little bit of a tight window on that?
2: Uh, well, I've, I thought both of those things were going to be stuff they'd worry about this summer. And now, right. now I would just say those are two things they're going to worry about this fall. I, I think they'll both get done. I think Rudy will get his contract. I think Donovan will get his contract. Um, okay. And, you know, once they have it, maybe, you know, once once we have basketball again and the you know front office is able to meet with all the players and then again with the exit interviews when they see how everything went uh they'll make their decisions and maybe they do feel like they should see what some trade value is maybe but i i would think they'd have to get amazing offers um right. to move for those guys so i think i'm inclined to think you know even if the jazz are first round exit you didn't have bogey get those two guys their contracts uh let's go into next year and let's keep this thing going that's what i think will happen right
1: and the other thing we haven't mentioned is Conley. Uh, didn't he have a player option on his
2: final year? He does. Uh, he he could opt out of his final year, early termination. Uh, he would be giving up thirty-four million if he does it. Um, right. But that would that would be a bind for the off season if you have you know Con if Conley opts out and he's a free agent. Jordan Clarkson's going to be a free agent. uh He'll right. be a free agent. Then. All of a sudden, your guard lineups thin, and you got to figure out what you're going to do. Uh, do they they negotiate to bring Mike Conley back? Do they view Mike Conley's uh, season overall as a disappointment and don't bring him back and try to get something else, or what? You know, I I think there there will be a lot of dilemmas there. But I think I think you know this upcoming weird off season playoffs that we're about to have. I think that's going to help answer some questions for them. Agreed. Agreed.
1: Okay, so you wanted to talk a little bit draft as well. You mentioned all of that. Draft free draft uh, is the lotto. You have it in the notes is the 15th. Um, the actual draft itself is when? The
2: draft lotto is August 25th. The actual draft
1: okay, Their lotto 15th. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was getting the dates mixed up. So yeah, lotto in, in, in August. And you had some picks here on who you think... I've. I'm looking at no, notes those are, maybe I can't make.
2: Yeah, those are. Yeah, the they're weird in the thing. Those are those are odds of getting the number one pick. So Golden State, Cleveland, and Minnesota. I'll have a fourteen percent chance. And then that's how everyone goes from there. So Atlanta twelve point five, Detroit ten point five, New York nine, Chicago seven point five, Charlotte six percent, and rounding out the rest. Assuming that after the regular season, the eight seeds manage to hold on to their seeds, then. 9 through 14 would be Washington, Phoenix, Spurs, Kings, Pelicans, and Blazers. Um, There is still a possibility that Grizzlies, maybe the Grizzlies lose the 8th spot. Maybe, I don't remember who's 8th in the East, Orlando, I think. So Mm -hmm. it is possible this order would change, but right now it's looking pretty likely this is what it would be.
1: Okay. All right. Um, Trying to think. That was a short news, news points on the NBA. I'm trying to think if we're missing anything at this point. Um, oh, NBA news itself. You had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both come out and say they're going to forego this season because you you anticipated they might be available for the remainder of the season in the playoffs. And they've chosen to put off till next season.
2: Yeah, um, they had been planning on it anyway. And I think they look at this weird... Uh, playoff structure and go no we're going to fully heal let's let's really put this together and you know I don't blame them I wouldn't want them to you know rush back when who knows uh, how they'll do so yeah good for them Um, one thing I realized as we are going through this um, we have not recorded since the passing of Jerry Sloan no, we have not. Uh, he, yeah, he died like three days after we had our last episode. So why don't you give me your thoughts on, on the passing of Sloan and what he meant? So,
1: and I put a brief blurb on Facebook cause sometimes I'm just not very good at this kind of stuff, but, um, Jerry was a legend, both a living legend and now a legend in his, a legend in his passing. And, um, he was a big part of my, my jazz experience, uh, coaching, John coaching, Carl, um, the hard nosed way he did. He was, he, you know, roll up your sleeves, get to work. That was the way he, that was his mentality. That's what he did. He didn't let the extracurricular get in the way. And, and this is what he wanted. And so he, he passed peacefully. I'm actually grateful that he was able to pass peacefully and get, you know, he, he was, he, he has been dealing with those health issues for a while. So it, it, he's finally at peace. Um, I had a conversation about someone the other day about how jazz fans and I'm in one of I'm in this camp wanting to have a statue of Jerry. And I said something to a friend the other day who was asking about that. I am inclined to believe as much as we all want one that I think the uh, jazz organization would honor what Jerry stood for, even in passing, and that we won't see a statue simply because that's just what Jerry didn't want. That was not his style. He doesn't like the accolades. Again, he's just a roll up sleeves kind of guy and just get to work so I, I you know i know as much as we want a statue i'm inclined to believe that's not going so, to happen
2: so rest in peace jerry <laughs> i i bet that they wind up doing what they did for larry h miller and have a statue inside the arena and you know he he's a super humble guy who wouldn't want it i mean he's that generation but i do think he'll eventually i, th- I think we'll eventually have a jerry sloan statue
1: and you're saying inside the arena and I think that's fair. I just don't see something yeah. out on the out on the yeah. grounds like Carl and John.
2: I think Carl and John are gonna stay by themselves out there and I, I'm inclined to think uh, you know, they put a Jerry Sloan statue maybe on the opposite side from the Larry H. Miller statue and have it right there and let that be uh their, their you know, their final nod to him and personally i hope that they rename the coach of the year award in the nba the jerry sloan coach of the year since he's the best coach who never won it
1: (laughs) i think that's fair let's do it (laughs) (laughs) oh that would be awesome um no i i like i said it's sad seeing him pass uh he he will be missed but but he lived a he lived a good life and you know health health issues aside uh he's always going to be in the hearts of utah jazz fans myself included for a very long time and i i would you know he's meant a lot to us in the state uh his mentality of working hard is something we've all appreciated very much um just wish we had would have had a championship to send him out on
2: yep yep i agree
1: okay um i know there was something else i was going to either say on that or on something else uh but i don't remember so that's okay um oh one more NBA note. I was talking to somebody recently. Uh, NBA bo- voted for this uh, for this season to continue in the playoffs, twenty-nine to one. Anyone want to guess what that one vote was? I know. <laughs> I know too. The uh, one team that I think their star player was already quite vocal about not wanting to play. Yep. Yeah. Portland Trailblazers.
2: Yeah, it. I, I, I think there's a little bit of strategy to what Dame's doing, and I don't blame him. Um but yeah the the format is now that he will be having something to play for, even if Blazers voted against it. So let's let's see how they do. They have a chance. I mean it's eight games. They're three and a half back and there's eight games to play, so they definitely have a chance. The the fate is in their hands.
1: Okay, you've created an elephant in the room. Speculate. What is Dame trying to do?
2: Uh he he did not want to play a single game in this season if it didn't mean anything. He was not gonna do some regular season exhibition games just to get the records, you know, evenly numbered or something. Um if he was gonna play, he wanted to have a chance. Uh this vote, you know, maybe maybe the Blazers are just kinda like, Let's just bag the season. Um, you know, and who wouldn't want to if you're not gonna make the playoffs anyway? The teams that weren't gonna make the playoffs, why should they care if they're a playoffs? <laughs> But um, that's fair now that they've now that they've done it and they've done it in a format where he has something to play for. um, You know, maybe the front office was just kind of showing support to Dame by voting against it. But it's here and I think he will play and I think he will do his best. And because he wants he wants to get back into the playoffs. And with all this time, you know, off uh, teams just feel a little more even. Oh, one other format thing we should look at. uh, Mm -hmm. There was. You know, there was speculation on the formats they were going to do. One was that they were going to go 1 through 16. They're not. It is going to be the best 8 in the West, the best 8 in the East, so that tradition is staying. And also, they are going to have seven games in all the rounds, so they're not shortening that. Um, So the playoff length of time is going to be the same, you know, about two months, but um, uh, everything else is a little bit different. So, yeah, can't wait. Yeah.
1: Yeah me either so all right that's enough nba talk we've had we've talked about a lot and honestly i could go on and on about jerry sloan too um because there's so much that that we could talk about from him um but let's move on let's talk about our subject of pop culture
0: brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain
2: Well, we still don't have movie theaters, although the Sarah and Orm is starting to play old movies on their screens. So a lot of movies that were supposed to go to screens are debuting on streaming. I I saw a couple of them. Um, Lovebirds was originally going to hit theaters, but it wound up going straight to Netflix. I had a chance to watch that. And I don't believe I had seen it since we recorded last time. it's got Camille Nanjani from The Big Sick and Issa Rae from HBO's show Insecure. And they are a couple who things have been getting kind of strained and they're wondering if their relationship's going to continue. And while they're arguing, they suddenly uh, get have a guy say, he's a cop, I need your vehicle, hops in the car, races after this guy, runs him over, runs him over three times. And then leaves, and then they're like, "I don't think he was a cop." And and then some witnesses see them, and so they think that couple has murdered that guy. So they they go on the run, trying to pr- trying to find the guy, who actually killed the guy, while they gotta avoid getting arrested themselves because it looks so bad that they might. <laughs> and it's a comedy, and you know it's a decent premise. It, I I figured it would be similar to Date Night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey, and it wasn't a lot of ways. It did have a couple fun twists. Um, Overall, I felt like the movie, like the script was kind of average, but the two leads were fun in their performances. So overall, I thought it was okay, especially for like a Netflix movie. It was cool to just kind of sit back and watch it and not really be too worried about it. Um, there was a couple funny parts, so, you know, it's it's fine. I thought it was decent comedy. It's one of those where I felt like I might have given it a half star less if I had seen it in the theaters, but, you know, hard to gauge. Um Another one I saw was this really low-budget movie called The Vast of Night, and it was an impressive directorial debut. It takes place in 1959, um, all in one night where there's this strange noise and there starts to build paranoia if it's aliens or not. But it was it was really well done, and it's one of those where I watch the movie and I'm like, that's good, and now I'd like to see what that director can do with the bigger budget. Uh, that one is on Amazon Prime, so that's worth hunting down. And then I also saw I saw a couple other movies. I saw Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler finally. There had been speculation. That one's
1: that on you know, Netflix, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it it came to Netflix. And and it's it's good. It's it's really intense. It's kind of a high moving uh you know, the guy's walking a tightrope the whole time. Um but I was I was impressed. I mean the director's good. Adam Sandler, I think, is a decent actor in when he's not doing his usual ridiculous six pixels type stuff um right so he, he was really good in it Like uh, lakeith stanfield was really good i love seeing him and everything kevin garnett played himself and it was effective the whole thing takes place while the celtics are in the playoffs um so i thought that was effective i mean it's it's it was pretty interesting it's it's intense and it's not for everybody but it's i thought it was really good so those I'll are the check it out. Yeah, those are the movies I saw. And then, you know, binging, I'm, I'm re-watching Community. I'm watching season three of Westworld. Uh, i trying to remember if I'm watching anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, I'm, and there's something I'm forgetting. But it, but that's that's pretty much what I've been watching the last couple of weeks.
1: Okay. Um, before I get into anything I watch, I want your thoughts on this. I heard a rumor, and and it's only a rumor at this point, and it's really – I guess people are talking about why it will or won't work, but there is buzz that that uh, Amazon Prime might purchase a m c theaters. There is the truth to the fact that a m c theaters has filed for bankruptcy, but what do you think if the idea of uh, Amazon Prime buying them and is it does it work or doesn't it because i've read I've read a couple articles one says it does, one says it doesn't. Have you heard any of that news yet um
2: it depends on what their plan is. Um, Amazon has a deal with distributors currently that if an Amazon movie, they'll get it into theaters by pledging it won't be on their service for 90 days. And I think I think overall that's been a good plan for them. And I'm inclined to think that what they'll do with AMC will be something similar. There might be some, like... Uh, Now, there's some movies where they'll just put it in limited release a week or two before and then put it on Amazon, like The Aeronauts with uh, Eddie Redmayne and uh, Felicity Jones. They did that, Um, especially the movies they feel good about so they can get nominated for stuff. Um, And Netflix is doing something similar. Well, not too similar. Netflix doesn't have this 90-day window. Netflix will put something in theaters a week or two before in, like, a handful of locations, and then they'll stream it. That's what they did for The Irishman. Um, which I appreciated. I I saw The Irishman on a big screen, and I I liked that I was able to see it that way. Uh, Amazon, if they buy AMC, I'm inclined to think that they're going to keep doing what they're doing overall, which is get those movies in theaters and then 90 days later put it on their service. And 90 days is a long enough window that if you want to see the movie, are you going to wait three months or do you want to go ahead and go to a movie anyway? Right, right. That's that's what I think. Because all movies in general, they're available to rent, you know, three four five months later so right this is just a continuation of that i don't see it really changing that much and amazon has all the money in the world so cool why not save the theater chain i'm all for it okay all
1: right well that's that's the news there and and like i said it's just been rumored news it hasn't been necessarily uh confirmed of any sort so all right now to things i've watched I'll touch on I'll touch on one in a few minutes, but the first one I want to talk about is I started watching on Netflix a show called Lock and Key. I don't oh, know okay. if you've seen that one. I did. Okay. I'm I'm only one episode in, but I like it already. Um it's it's I, I think it's pretty good. Um it stars Darby Stanchfield, Connor Jessup, Amelia Jones and Jackson Robert Scott, a family who lost their father in uh, and and you see flashbacks of how it happened and it has to do with the the keys of this house so they lose their father who is shot who's shot right in front of the wife actually and their son sees it um and so they end up then taking being invited by their uncle to come and live in this this house um late it's 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 one of those what would you call it? It's like late 17th century, 18th century home, something like that. I don't know. It's it's a really old, big home. It reminds me of, of uh, the house on Haunting, the, the Haunting of Hill House. It yeah. Reminds me a lot of the Hill House. But this house has secrets that are locked away behind magical keys. And the youngest boy discovers these keys, discovers certain things, and it starts a chain of reactions that involves a lot of supernatural, a lot of fantasy, a lot of magic, and after episode one, yeah, I'm intrigued, I want to continue. Um, What did you think of the series?
2: Um, I liked it overall. Uh, I was a little disappointed by the ending, but they, you know, I understand Uh, we're going to have a season two, so we're going to end it in this way. I don't want to say anything more than that um i i thought the makers were going for something that's a combo of the haunting on hill house meets stranger things Um, yes and i think they i think they got that vibe a lot um sometimes i felt like they were doing a little too much um showing and not telling but i was really intrigued by it it made me want to read the graphic novels uh, everyone I know who's read the graphic novel say says they're better, so that makes me curious on what the novels are like. Um, but I, but I I enjoyed the series, and I I plan on watching season two when it comes out. Okay, yeah, me too, and and, and I need to obviously. It's uh, go ahead. It's co-written by Stephen King's son. Oh. Joe okay, Hill, that makes he sense. uses the name Hill so people won't see King and automatically go Ah, Stephen King's son. But yeah, it's it's he's he's a co writer of the graphic novels and uh, co producer of the series.
1: Okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm excited to watch the rest of the series. So I, I've I liked the first episode. We'll see how it goes. Okay, the other show I finished binge watching after our last last episode, I decided to pick it up again. You mentioned Altered Carbon. And mm-hmm. so I thought, well, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go give this a shot um, because the first time I watched it, the first episode, I thought just it wasn't that it didn't draw me in. It was just there was too much to take in. And I started getting confused. And in reality, if you watch this series, if you have not and you sit down to watch it, the first couple of episodes, you are reeling a bit because it's it's all over the place. And it really doesn't settle in until I think around episodes three and four. Um where it where it starts to get good and the story, I didn't understand the story at first. But it, John, I don't know how much you got through it last time. How, how far did you get into
2: it? I'm I'm in episode four.
1: Okay, so let's. I'm going to tell y'all that are listening the premise of this this series as best as I can. Um, it was actually it's based on a book. Uh, that was written by Richard K. Morgan. And the only way I can think about both the series and the book, which I plan to read, is that it's it it kind of takes from, it, it's kind of off the same tree as Philip K. Dick. You know, we know about uh, uh, Blade Runner and other things like this. This has a very Blade Runner-ish type vibe to it. Wouldn't you agree?
2: Yes. Yes,
1: very much so. Okay. So, and it, the, the idea behind the show is it, it follows a character who has lived for, well, he didn't live. He went in dormancy for about 2000, 2000 200, 2000 years. I can't remember how long 250 was. years. Okay. 250 years. And they had kept his sleeve. That's what they call the human bodies at this point is sleeves. They, they had kept his sleeve, but they also kept, they have what are called stacks. And you, these stacks are embedded in, in their, in their, uh, the back of their neck. And it's like a computer chip, if you will, with their entire life downloaded on it. And it's put in a new sleeve if that sleeve is beyond repair, if that body is. Um, it, this series even has a religion versus this. A, a, a group of people who believe in, in God and believe in, in the creation of mankind and everything. Who frown severely upon this idea of immortality through stack and sleeves. Um, but this guy, the lead character um wakes up after 250 years because somebody's brought him around and so the you follow the course of this series where he's trying to discover uh wh- where he, he he's first wants to know why he's brought back and then you know what is next wh- what he's supposed to be doing all the while you hear about his backstory with his sister so it's really good uh once you get past the first couple of episodes I liked it a lot, actually. In fact, it drew me in, and I couldn't stop watching it. Um, it's heavy on the violence, uh, heavy on torture. By the way, I, I didn't, I, I, I cringed and turned away because there are some torture scenes throughout the series, and they are, are are virtual torture scenes, and so it shouldn't have thrown me off, but it did. But the the series as a whole, as well, I, I started out the, the next season of the series, um, and I'm kind of excited to to see where that goes. Anthony Mackie, uh, it becomes the lead character in the second season. So yeah, it's, it's a good series. Um, like I said, violent, I don't know anything else you want to add at this point. You're four episodes in there's 10, I think per season. Uh,
2: yeah, I, I, I talked about a little when I started it. So, but yeah, I, I, I found it very interesting and I do like the blade runner comparison. Um, and I do, I do find it interesting that they're able to do it with the whole download thing. People are able to put in different bodies. So you can move actors around however much you want.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, I do like that. Um, I was going to look and tell you, I, I was intrigued when I looked up the guy who wrote the actual book. And he's actually um, done a few other things that have made it onto maybe not quite big screens. And I can't remember what they were. I had to look back at him again. But he is... Like I said, he comes from the same mold that is uh, Philip K. Dick. Um, so it's worth checking out. But I. Oh, there's things called. Yeah, I can I'm trying to find if there what else it was, but maybe I just don't remember. It's OK. Um, that is all I can think of as far as what I've watched. Uh Yeah. Wish Devin was here because he likes to binge watch stuff and he could talk more about it, too, but we'll we'll get him on the next time Um, Anything else in pop culture you want to touch on? Uh, No, that's good All right, let's go ahead and talk about the final topic I'll let you introduce it and uh, we'll talk about it for a minute or you bring it up.
2: Okay. Well uh, The big news that the big news the past three months has been coronavirus but the past couple weeks uh, there's been a big change, and that all started from the video of the cops kneeling on George Floyd and killing him. Um, you know, we used we used to get more of these as society's been moving around, but this one really struck a chord for some reason. This one really, I mean, there's there's been a lot of of killings caught on tape of cops killing unarmed black people, but this one uh, this one really got people moving. And I think maybe part of it is we're all cooped up and people just need to get out and getting out and protesting about this is something. I think that might be a tiny part of it, but mainly it was just, it was just a enough moment. And the thing about these is, um, a lot of the times that cops are caught on video, um, the video winds up contradicting the initial police report. I mean, the the original police report, uh, you would think the cops didn't do anything wrong with George Floyd. And that's the way a lot of these have gone. And I think it's not just that... It's like there are certain cops who just don't care if they're being filmed. They'll still do stuff that they're doing, like kneeling on the guy's neck two and a half minutes after he's already passed out. Um, But... You know, since then there've been the riots and protests, and you've seen just a bigger movement of police brutality, or at least like police trying to control crowds and stuff. But I've I've seen so many videos over the past week or so of things going on this past week where, you know, cops are just getting out of their vans and going to go control the crowd, and they just start hitting people. Um, a few a few of them from our place, you know, in Salt Lake. Uh, ABC 4 is reporting on the news, and just in the background, you happen to see these cops come out. And then they start shoving this old man with a cane and knock him to the ground. And it took two other cops to go over to him and help pick him up. And it's like, why did you just knock him on the ground? I mean, what is that about? Why? Or the case in Buffalo, where the two cops knock this old man to the ground, and he's bleeding out of his ear, and one guy goes to help pick him up, and another cop stops him. And so they all walk by and ignore him. I mean you're seeing stuff like this you see the the woman where a cop grabbed her but then he grabbed her breast and so she pulled away and she's standing completely still to let somebody else arrest her but they just start beating her with sticks till she falls to the ground before they try to arrest her and she's she's standing still there's a bunch of these and you know there's the and it's in and it's international news i mean The the Australian reporter and cameraman who were attacked. You watch the video, the cameraman is just standing there, the cop looks at him and just swings full force to shield into the guy's stomach. It's like, why? This violence, there's so much of it. And, you know, there's, it's like every time, every time there's a, and I, I reposted this from one of my Facebook friends who's a cop, who's like, you know, every time a bad cop does something, it makes my life harder, it puts my life in danger. Um and he he, when he was talking about George Floyd, he's like he he uh started his name's Carl Wimmer, if anyone's heard of him. But he uh he talked about an incident where he had to use force because this uh guy they were arresting tried to bite him, tried to bite a chunk of his flesh off and he's like, Hey, I had to use force to get him off. Of. That was justified. I watched the George F- Floyd video, that is not justified, and he kinda goes on a rant about that. No. But his main point is, you know, these bad cops are making all good cops' lives harder, and right. there's been this growing perception, and you know, it's it's increased, is that we really have no idea how many bad cops there are. I mean, I'm not, I I think they're in a minority, um, you know, especially from my own personal experiences. But but there's just something about every time you see it caught on video of, you know, a cop beating someone up unprovoked or shooting him in the back or whatever it makes you wonder how many times the police report has said something that didn't happen but nobody filmed it so no one can contradict it that that, i think that's been a big thing for me is we we don't know how many injustices are not being caught on filmed that have happened right Um, Right. because it seems like you need the video evidence and even when there's video evidence half the time nothing happens but you know it's it's just one of those things where you know, if you if you just like started hitting someone on the job, you'd get fired and most of the times they get suspended. And so there's I think there's this this real conversation of what Black Lives Matter actually means. It doesn't mean black lives matter more. Um and well, I can go on a whole rant about that. Oh but, I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, I personally, you know, I wish I had been at the Salt Lake, the initial Salt Lake protest, um, and I would have, based on what I'd seen before from previous protests, I would have been on the lookout for, you know, those white kids in masks who just want to start destroying stuff and 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 you know, ignite a flame, basically, and you know, that's that sounds like that's what happened. I, I wish I had been there. Uh, the protests I've gone to in Utah County there's been no violence no no even hint of it i mean the people who actually care about the issues about you know institutional racism or or uh, police brutality stuff like that they're not the ones who want to break stuff because that just dilutes the message um so, yeah no,
1: i've no, and i'm Go ahead. i'm that's no, okay I'm going to, and I might ramble for a minute too, but I'm going to speak from a place that I am. I am of a place of, um, you know, of the opposite. I'm privileged. I am privileged. There's many of us that are, and I I fit that opposite mold. Um, So I'm going to start off by saying that. So I hope my comments and thoughts portray the way I mean them to. I'm one of those guys who, when I was younger, when I was a teenager, uh, when I was early 20s, that number one, I wanted to deny that racism existed i didn't think it did and here we are at the back then it was the 20th century here we are entering entered into the 21st century and i thought that that's that's not the case in fact um you know i was also stupid enough to believe hey there is a reverse racism that takes place too i was dumb um as i've as with age i've grown up i've started to to kind of see the folly of my ways and I've been able to look more objectively at the scenarios and it still does exist it, it very much does. Um, I'm going to touch on what you said and that is that it's isolated instance, instances of police brutality that make the rest of the cops look bad and they aren't um, not all cops are bad not all cops represent what we've seen take place before our eyes of late. In fact, I have a couple of friends who are cops. One, I, I messaged uh, during the, the events of last Saturday and made sure he was okay. And he, he mentioned he was at home pacing back and forth, having a hard time with all of this and i think he was afraid to go out in public and stuff and he he finally decided he wanted to go to to dinner with a friend but i could tell just from the conversation that he was very uncomfortable with the events as they unfolded and what was going on and there so there is that side of the picture but i don't want to take away from the black lives matter movement i don't want to take away from what happened to, to george floyd it's unacceptable and the the police who are now under investigation for that scenario, the one who has been charged with murder, the other two who have been charged with accessory to murder, um, they, they, I'm pardon my French, but they damn well better put them behind bars for a long time because they deserve it. Every last one of them, because this is unacceptable, uh, unacceptable by police officers, unaccept, uh, unacceptable by all standards. Um, racism should not exist. And we need to all, uh, to all take a look at how we act, how we talk. Let's not be, um, let's not be ignorant. Let's, let's, let's learn. Learn as a group of people, especially as a society of white, white folks that exist. Let's, let's learn. Open our minds and learn more about what privilege is, what racism is, and let's try to do, a, uh, do our part to put a stop to it because it's unacceptable on all platforms in every way. Um, as far as the protests go, I didn't go, but believe me, I will protest on behalf with my friends and, and and brothers on the behalf of this because I I, I am I'm on their side on this. Um, but on the same token, I have plenty plenty of friends who are cops, plenty of friends involved uh, with cops that that I will also stand with them. Um, I don't agree with the violence. I don't agree with the riots. There can be peaceful protests but I also understand from some instances why those violence and, and riots happen. Um, and, and so I get it, I get, I get why it happens, but we need to not get lost in all of this that we forget how to treat others around us. Um, and to those people who are rioting that don't know what the hell you're rioting about, go figure it out, be learned, be educated and understand what's going on right now and be a part of it, be a part of the solution, not a part of, of the problem. So and I'm done rambling John. That's all I can say and I hope <laughs> I hope everybody that heard me say all of that Understands from what point of view it's coming from and understands Just how how heavy this weighs on all of us myself included
2: So Well said
1: Um, and yeah, I don't just, think there's uh, anything, uh, else. huh?
2: I was just gonna say people people gotta You know take care of themselves in their own communities um, Do good in your own community you know, if you're going to protest, do so peacefully and and keep an eye out for anyone who tries to do otherwise. Um, film everything. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, oh, know, you know, don't be that. What? Don't be that. Don't be that old man with the bow and arrow who just starts shooting arrows at the crowds, yelling "All that's matter." Right. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, what an idiot! But right, you know.
1: Well, and and the but other don't thing look, I was going to say
2: is, don't look for I... outside leaders. leaders just
1: take care of it. Well, and and I also was going to say, go be a part of the solution, um, and yeah. that is the solution should involve also one thing that we didn't even mention: vote, go out and vote for the leaders yeah. who can help the change. In fact, I don't know if you saw it, but I shared it on Facebook. Um, Keisha Lance Bottoms. If you don't know her name, folks, look her up. Keisha Lance Bottoms. She is the mayor of Atlanta. And a and I shared it on Facebook. A powerful, powerful statement in front of the public uh, um, during the riots last week. It is well worth your time. And I got chills from watching it. She is, uh, she is from our African uh, American neighbors and friends uh, from that um, from that side of things. She spoke strongly, urging all of Atlanta. In fact, she repeated herself over and over again. Go home, she said. This is the rioting. The violence, that's not what this is about. We need to stand with solidarity. We need to stand in peace. We need to protest in peace. And then her statement led to go out and vote. And she said that, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. If you don't like what's happening in society right now, you have the power to make the change by voting. So do it. Yeah. So... If you want to know what she said, go out and find it. Find it, find what she said in a press conference because it, it is powerful. It is worth it. Her chief of police, a woman, a white woman no no less, stood by her side the entire time. And she gave kudos to, to, to her counterpart. They both stand together in this. And I think that's what we all need to do as a society. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything else to add to our podcast because I think that's a great place to stop. So thank you all for joining us for another fun episode, great episode of Jedi and Germs. Devin, we'll look for you next time. And until next time, John, take us out.
2: Bye, everybody.